0: From the Boston Globe, this is Rhode Island Report. I'm Ed Fitzpatrick. Welcome back to the podcast where we bring you big conversations from our very small state. I don't know what it is about Rhode Island, but we've got more than our fair share of elite runners. Take Emily Sisson. In October, the Providence College grad crushed the American women's record for the fastest marathon. And earlier this year, she broke the record for the fastest half marathon. She's joining us today to talk about her career and why so many amazing runners end up in Rhode Island. That's after a quick break. When you want to go beyond the headlines, let me recommend Rhode Island PBS Weekly. Welcome back, I'm here with Emily Sisson, a Providence College graduate who recently crushed the American women's marathon record. Thanks for joining us, Emily.
1: Thank you for having me on.
0: First of all, congratulations on setting the American record in Chicago. I saw a photo of you with Kara D'Amato and Dina Castor and Joan Benoit Samuelson. How did it feel to not only stand with legends like that, but to exceed what they had done?
1: Thanks. Yeah, it, it was a really special moment. It was one of those moments that actually kind of sunk in later because I was so tired when I crossed the finish line that I saw all of them there. And I was like, oh, this is strange. Why is everyone standing here? It was kind of my first thought. And then we were like taking pictures and It almost felt like really surreal. I was like, what's happening? And then like, as like the day went on, I'm like, wait, wow. Like I was, I'm like surrounded by some of the greatest women in our sport just to be amongst them is such a huge honor. And um, one of those things that kind of hit me later, so I'm really glad, glad I have those photos because I think in the moment after the race, I was so tired, I wasn't quite thinking straight. So, um, so yeah, it is really cool and even more special to look back on.
0: So you were born in Milwaukee, right? And and mm-hmm. at first you went to the University of Wisconsin. So what brought you to Providence College?
1: Yeah, so I was born in Milwaukee and grew up um, a bit all over the Midwest and uh, I went to Wisconsin my freshman year, but it, I did have a good experience at Wisconsin. I had a good group of friends, um, I liked my courses and everything, but uh, I didn't think it was the best fit for me running wise. And uh, at the time I thought like I might have a future in this sport if I could find like a good fit and a good coach. So I started looking around at transferring. And um, I think like the, I think the first time I talked to Ray Tracy, my coach, I was like, wow, like this could be a really good fit. And then I uh, flew out to Providence for my visit over the summer. And I knew right away, I'm like, this is where I need to be. And I've been coached by Ray since and all my like really close friends um, and my husband are all people I met um, at my, in my time in Providence. So uh, those years, there were really, really special. Yeah. What
0: is it about Ray that just uh, clicked? What was it, What is it that you like about his coaching style?
1: his approach hes very long-term. And at the time I remember I was dealing with an injury and I think it was an Achilles injury. And I remember talking to a couple other coaches that had had success in the sport, but it was a very intense program. And a lot of people, you'd either sink or you'd swim. And, uh, and when I talked to Ray, he was very much just about like long-term plan. And he's like, we don't, um, race you. We don't, um, we won't be so short-sighted. We're going to be looking at like five, 10 years from now. So um, that to me just really seemed to be like, like a good fit. And then when I came to school, I don't know, I, I knew it was like the best decision. And those four years in Providence were like some of my favorite four years. So, uh, and yeah, still working with Ray and still um, really close with all my friends. So that's, yeah, it was a good decision.
0: <laughs> so we had Molly Huddle on the podcast back in May to talk about her new book, How She Did It, uh, which includes a section on you. So, so tell us how you did it. What what does it take to achieve what you've achieved?
1: Uh, honestly, I think I surrounded myself with people a lot better than me, a lot smarter than me, and um, wasn't afraid to be like uh, not the best person on the team or not the smartest person in the room. And that includes being around people like Molly. I think I learned a lot off her. And um, and though I probably wasn't asking Molly like tons and tons of questions, it was more just me coming out of college at the age of 23, observing her and how she went about work and how she went about training. And like, she's like running American records and making Olympic teams and 23 year old me was like, I want to be doing that someday. So uh, being around Molly, I don't think I could have had a better mentor than her. So learning from her, Kim Smith was another teammate of mine for a year or so after college. Yeah. Being around other like good teammates in college, having Ray as a coach, um, just surrounding myself with just People that really knew what they were doing and also just really like, you know, positive and um, people that had made a difference in the sport.
0: And you were talking there about the uh, Rhode Island running community, the Providence running community, Kim Smith, you mentioned, Molly Huddle. We had Sophia Goriron on the podcast recently. Um, you know, this isn't Flagstaff here in Providence where people are coming to train at altitude. So what's the attraction? What? Why do you think this is such a great running community we have here?
1: Yeah, it is interesting. I do think Ray brought a lot of us, him, Molly, everyone at PC, all the talented, amazing athletes that have gone through that program. I think he just brought all of us to the city. And a lot of us just have fallen in love with it. And even my husband and I, when we were back in Rhode Island this summer, training for Chicago, we we're like, wow, we really miss it here. So I don't know. We talked about maybe someday moving back. So yeah, I think Ray brought us all there. But then, yeah, a lot of us did just fall in love with New England. And Rhode Island's a special state. Providence is, it's, it's a nice city. So I think a lot of reasons, but I think Ray brought us all there. Yeah.
0: What What's uh, your favorite place to run in Rhode Island? Where do you and your husband Go to train.
1: For most of my runs, well, I do like doing workouts on um the Blackstone uh bikeway uh out in Lincoln. But I did a lot of runs over on the East Side Boulevard and I'd run from there um, to the bike path that runs along uh East Providence. Actually, I really like running there. I'd say that's my favorite. But Lincoln Woods is really nice too. It's hilly, so it's challenging, but it's really pretty and you can get rolling in there. So those are probably all my favorite spots. I'm probably missing somewhere, but. Those are my top three, I'd say.
0: In the book, you mentioned Roisin McGettigan, an Irish Olympian who graduated from PC. I still see her running out there on Blackstone Boulevard. And uh, you said Ro talked to you about the challenge versus threat mindset. So can you explain what that means?
1: Yeah. So I worked with Roe for a few years, no, sorry, for a few months after college. It's sports site coaching, I think is what it's called. And I don't give away all of her secrets, but I have talked about that one. We looked at past races I'd done. And there were certain races I went into um, like more excited, more curious. My attitude was, I just want to see how fast I can run. I'm curious what my potential is and what what I can do. And there are other races I'd go into and I'd have a li- little bit more of a negative mindset where I'd be thinking, well, I hope I don't mess up. Um, like, I hope I win this NCAA title. I, <laughs> like, um, I just hope I don't make a mistake. And I've had success going in with both mindsets, but one is definitely more anxiety inducing than the other. And one is just much more enjoyable. And we did talk about how having that kind of curious mindset going into a race and that almost beginner's mindset of like, let's just see what I can do today um, can often lead to better results. Uh, just a healthier perspective and just uh, overall like a better <laughs> experience. And so that's actually how I felt going into Chicago. I didn't I, I don't think a lot of people believe me. I think they were being coy, but I really didn't have the American record like a death group on it. I wasn't like I need to run the American record, like American record or bus, because that wasn't my mentality at all. I really I was hoping to run under 220 but it was my first time running a marathon in a long time. And I just felt very curious again. And I'm like, I just want to run to whatever my potential is that day. So I'm going to listen to my body. I'm going to try to measure my effort and get the most out of myself. And then whatever that is at the end of the day, like, I'm curious what that is, but I'll be happy if it's like slower than the American record, but like I ran to my like best, like I'd be happy with that. And so that's the attitude I had. And I think that actually helped a lot to make it enjoyable and to get the most out of myself.
0: Yeah. Didn't I hear that even like down the home stretch, people were saying, pick it up, go. And you didn't even know if you, they were urging you to get the record or, or what?
1: That's a bit confusing. I wore a watch, but Ray told me not to look at it. And then the watch actually shut off like 10 miles into the race anyway. No way. Uh, yeah. And I tried <laughs> restarting it, but then I was like, well, I don't even know what mile marker I'm at. So this is <laughs> pointless. So I didn't know my pace. I'd only seen my half minute. Marathon split. And so I knew at the half marathon, I was around 219 pace, but then I didn't know what happened the second half. And so I, like, I knew I wasn't running like 225 pace, but I just didn't know if I was running like low 219 or like low 220 pace. And everyone was yelling at me to pick it up. And so I was like, I'm close to something. So I just started sprinting and I didn't even see a clock at the finish line. I think I'm used to seeing the clock right above the finish line and it wasn't there. It was off to the side and I I was too tired to look for it. So I didn't even know what my time was when I crossed. So I had asked my husband and uh, that's when I found out um, my time and my place.
0: Tell us about that moment when your husband told you that you had broken the American women's marathon record.
1: So I was in more disbelief that he said I ran 218.29. My gut instinct going into the race was my fitness level was at a place that if I had a really good day, I could sneak under the record. And if I had just like, you know, a solid good day, I could get under 220. But I never thought I'd run under 218.30. Like that to me was a big surprise. So it was a bit, um, disbelief at first when he said that I was like, really, are you sure? Are you sure you got that right? And then I turned to my coach and I was like, what place was I? And he said second and podium, like being on the podium at a world marathon majors just, uh, like was a big goal of mine. So I was just really excited and a little bit of shock, but, um, but really excited and happy. I don't always show it on my face as well, (laughs) Um, but uh, I was pretty happy about it.
0: In the book, you also talk about the importance of keeping it fun. Uh, of finding joy in running so how do you do it and what's your advice to the runners out there who are not finding as many joy in the miles anymore
1: at the end of the day do you remember like it is running and like I choose to do this and it's something I love to do but it's I think separating my identity from my um, success was a big lesson I learned growing up but then another thing is I think keeping it fun means like trying new things and mixing things up I almost felt like I got a little bored with running because I kept doing the same things over and over and over again. Then one summer, my husband and I were in Ireland, he's Irish. So we were like just visiting uh, his family and there were some road races going on where he lived. And we're like, let's just hop in those for fun. I've never done a road race before. Like we'll do these instead of our tempo runs on our schedule. And it was just like a new like stimulus. And, um, I'd been doing the sports for so long at that point that I hadn't experienced anything new in a while. And I forgot how fun it is. Just throw yourself in something new, switch things up that for me kind of like reignited like a, like a flame or an interest in, uh, uh the sport when I felt like I was going through a bit of, um, I don't know if it was a rough patch, but I just was feeling, feeling a little less motivated at the time. So I think just in any way you can switching things up either, um, in training, if you're running solo, if you can find teammates or people to run with, or if you're doing a lot of work on um, the track, maybe switch things up and try cross-country. If you like cross-country, do um, workouts on the grass. Just switch things up, try new challenges, um, try new things. So I think that, that newness can kind of um, make things fun and interesting.
0: Also in the book, you talk about body positivity. You related the story of a guy who was at the track who told you you're not a runner because you're short and strong. How did you react to that at first, and, and what do you think of comments like that now?
1: I actually used to get a lot of comments like that when I was younger, which um, is kind of weird to think about, like when I was in high school and um, in college, too. And it actually used to really bother me at the time. I... um yeah, I remember being like pretty young and it would hurt my feelings when at 18 people would make fun of like how big my quads were or something. As I've gotten older, I definitely feel like I have thicker skin and I just have more confidence in who I am. And I know my body's done a lot of great things for me. So why would I pick it apart when it's done so much? A lot of times when people make those comments, it's coming from their own, like they're projecting their own insecurities. Try to not let that bother you as much.
0: The New York Times had a headline in 2020 that asked, why are American women running faster than ever? How would you answer that question?
1: I think it's been brewing for a little while, and I think there's a lot of factors. Like American distance running is just so deep right now. And it has been for the last few years. We're seeing that an American woman winning marathon majors, meddling at the Olympics, the records are being broken like twice in a year. So I think there's just a lot of talent right now. And it's been brewing for a little while. And when you see other people like stepping up and performing, it helps you step up and perform as well. So I think it's a combination of just, there's a lot of talent right now. And I think we're just starting to see exciting things happen and there'll be more things unfold over the next few years.
0: Do you think American women will be able to catch some of the Kenyan runners like the in the Chicago Marathon, some of the international times we're, we're seeing out there? Do you think American women will reach that level soon?
1: I think we will keep getting faster. And I think in races especially, maybe more like a New York or a Boston where it's not flat fast. Um, there are more variables like we saw actually with Molly Seidel in Tokyo when there's another element added to you. Um, I think we can be pretty tough and can perform well. So I think we will see. um hopefully more medals and more marathon major wins. I guess time will tell, but I think so. I think we'll see improvements and we'll see good performances.
0: I saw in Runner's World, Molly Huddle said that at age 31, you are are stepping into what you call the gals marathon era and that you've built up enough endurance and wisdom to really see what you can do over the uh, the length of a race and your body's still young enough to pr all through the decade so what do you think what can you go faster in the marathon what's your what's your goal
1: uh, my goal is to go faster than the marathon so yeah I, I think i can i do want to switch up which marathons i do next i would like to focus a bit more on competing in the next marathon i'm in but i do think i can go faster and i'm hoping that I can, with each marathon I do, I can learn a bit more because I still feel like um, a bit of a novice in the marathon uh, field, uh, just because I've only finished two of them. So I just want more experience. I want to learn more. And I'm hoping that I can keep improving with more training, but also just more experiences.
0: You know, the U.S. marathon record is impressive and all, but I don't know if you heard that I finished second in my age group at the Colt State half marathon last weekend. <laughs> uh, so what advice would you give to weekend warriors like me?
1: Yeah, I think I'd pick races that I'm excited for and motivated for. That's advice Molly Huddle gave me once. Um, Pick a race that you find exciting because that'll motivate you through the training. And if you can find people to train with, I think that makes the training for half marathons and uh, the weekend races really fun too, especially if you have to do your workouts in the morning in the early hours before work or when it's dark after work. Just having people to run with can make it fun.
0: All right, Emily Sisson, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Rhode Island Report is a production of the Boston Globe. Today's episode was produced by Megan Hall, Carlos Munoz, and Scott Hellman. Audio mixing and mastering by Marissa Ewing of Hemlock Creek Productions. Our music is from APM. And if you like the podcast, do us a favor. Follow the show and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. I'm Ed Fitzpatrick. See you next week.